Well, I'll tell you what I know. It's the dumbest fucking bet I ever heard of. I disagree. Sunday morning coffee. This is Banger Boogie's Wife. Uh, we are here for another Sunday morning coffee uh, to recap uh, the hot action of College Football Saturday. And also send, your on your, send you on your way into Sunday with some uh, good NFL picks. Um, and it was some pretty, some pretty hot action. Our pickers had a, had a pretty good day. Uh, I'm Joe Public. Uh, Rain Man is not here, fortunately, but we are joined by, by so much better. Uh, we got my man Capper. Uh, prop at Pete, and of course the coach here joining me on this Sunday morning coffee. And and it only feels right uh, if we're going to have the coach on to, to begin things with with a coach's corner. Great, great to be on. Great to be on, Joe P. Uh, I, I think I owe Florida State and their fans a uh, an apology, and I have to come on here and acknowledge what a great win that was for that program last night. Um, give Coach Norvell credit. I mean, a great performance by his players. They played their butts off. That's so classy. Incredibly classy. Uh, would you say that, that this is a, a turning point for the Knolls? You expect a big, of course, a Florida State, huge upset of UNC who dropped three passes uh, down the stretch to absolutely crush all the betters who had put a substantial sum on the live uh, bet that for UNC to win. Uh, but, but Florida State won. That's what's important here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts more on what the Knowles did well that game? Yeah, listen, they were aggressive on both sides of the ball. I thought they generated some pressure at times that I, they hadn't shown throughout the first couple weeks. Uh, got Howell to sort of you know get a little happy feet in the pocket and just a little loose with his throws. Uh, and then at the end of the day, Jordan Travis can play, and that kid can play. He's a good, he's yeah. a good player. I I would say the one play was like it looked like he dislocated his left shoulder. He stayed in the game, clearly unable to throw, and then on a third and long, ran for like 20 yards to get into like missed field goal range territory for Florida State. But what I'm wondering <laughs> is like, what did what did Norvell see in practice that made Blackman the starting quarterback for that long? Listen, I don't, uh, I, I don't get disaster. that one. I, I just, uh, you guys know, I've been talking about Blackman for a while. Uh, this kid, Travis, every time he played, you sort of said, "Oh, this is a good football player." But, um, you know, he can make plays with his yep. feet. That's what college football is. You need to be able to make plays with your feet, unless you're Mac Jones, and we'll get to, we'll get to Alabama. But, uh, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll get to we'll – I mean, uh, Coach – Coach, Coach, I do have one question. What was more impressive, the Knowles' performance on the football field or Coach Norvell's perfectly manicured silver fox hair last night? Oh, good question. That, that hair looked fantastic. Um, Hide your life, for sure. <laughs> careful the last thing i'd say is you genuinely you, you saw the cut to the crowd when the uh, unc um running back dropped that ball on fourth down and you just felt like you know months and years of um anguish and pain went away on that one play uh happy again you guys know i know i know plenty of people down in tallahassee i got yep, standing absolutely. calls with the folks in tallahassee um, resources. Town. yeah you know um, so I, I was happy for them. I really am. I, I think, uh, you know, we can, we can get caught up in this business of going after people and, and going after teams. I, I was happy for them. Well said. Uh, we're going to, we're going to bring along to, uh, Capper. You had a two and two day yesterday. Was it two and two overall? Two and two, two overall, you, big rubber you, hit. Yeah. Kentucky just wiped the field, wiped the floor with Tennessee. It was, 
you masterful performance. You mentioned that you had you wanted to speak about a death of something today, and what are you speaking on the death um, of? So I am known throughout the gambling circles as a man who is the best in the business at reading slips. Come in, you check the lines every day, you're reading the tickets, what money's pouring in where, and I think that's dead this season. Um, I think what you're seeing is a lot of professional money, a lot of big money bettors waiting as long as they possibly can to place their action. And so what you're seeing early in the week is a lot of that public money pouring in. You're not getting a good read on, you know, what the professional sides are. And it's tough to it's tough to know because they those these guys are just waiting because of everything going on. You don't know who's coaching, you don't know who's gonna be playing on Saturdays, you don't know um who's gonna if a starting quarterback's gonna be out it if three offensive linemen are gonna be out there's just a lot going on right now and it's sad it's sad for me we're, we're just gonna have to find a new angle because um I, that one i that just sticks out to me so much is that uva line just yeah jumped immediately to two and a half early in the week and yesterday it's all the way five points in the other direction. This is um, one I was thinking about. Like, so I was on Georgia last night listening to, to Rain Man like a real fucking idiot. And I one of the th- <laughs> but one of the, one. one of the things that struck me though was that while I was like as soon, before the Georgia game started, I started thinking, say, Georgia looked pretty good against Tennessee, but I just saw today that Tennessee got their shit stomped in at home by Kentucky. Maybe that win over Tennessee wasn't as good as it appeared to be and that uh wasn't that great so i guess it is a case for like do you think especially for the night games or when you have time maybe night games in particular is it worth taking in the data from that day's action before placing your wager i'll leave that open to the group i mean i think that's fair in any circumstance you always want to have as much information at your fingertips as possible Uh, but the thing i keep falling back on is who's winning all these games so far this year it's the better coaches yeah the better coaches are just having their teams better prepared to play. They're game planning better. You know, even if there are instances where a player is out in a certain spot or, you know, there's a couple guys in a unit out, those guys are figuring out ways to get the job done and they're outshining their, their counterparts. Basically. I, I just like, I can't keep, I mean, it's, last night's the most glaring example, obviously with Saban, against Kirby Smart, and we can talk until we're blue in the face about Saban just owning his assistants, just like Belichick. What about Kirby Smart's Kirby Smart, Sam Pittman, a former offensive line coach? There, there uh, you go. Georgia. I love it. He's He's gone to Arkansas, and uh, they, like, I, uh, I, I watched this game, of course, I was on Ole Miss. I thought Ole Miss was just way too explosive after I saw what they did in Tuscaloosa. Arkansas... Their offense I expected to be decent because of Felipe Franks, the public reasons, Rakeem Boyd, last chance you, sweetheart. So impressed by Arkansas's line play, how much it has improved year to year. And it, and that can only be coaching, right? Yeah. Coach, you wanna, that, what do you think? I think that's right. Arkansas has really impressed from a coaching perspective. And I actually think the big thing we saw yesterday in the SEC is turnovers. And if you if you turn the football over and it comes back into your end zone – it's tough to win. It's tough to win the game. I mean, you know, Tennessee throws two pick sixes. <laughs> That's it. That's the ball game right there. Um, Ole yeah. Miss six interceptions. Uh, I, I think you're seeing the turnover battle. 
you know, the one caveat aside that Mississippi State game against LSU to open. Goodness but gracious. You, you can't turn the football over five times, you know. The, the, the sport changes year after year, but it's still the same at the end of the it's day. Still, you win the turnover the battle. And I think while we're, while we're, we're talking about well-coached teams, and, and this was something I know Prop Bet was thinking about. And, and I wanted to talk, so it, it, it's being, it seems pretty clear. Uh, Bama, Clemson have reservations in the playoff, wherever that may be. Uh, but if they aren't in the national championship, who do you think are the teams remaining that could potentially knock off Bama or Clemson? And why is it Liberty and BYU? It. It has to be Liberty or BYU. I mean, no the Flames. program that's not a cult school has enough magic to be able to overcome how good and how well-coached Clemson and Bama are. Um, and so the only hope you really have is that one of those Big Ten teams can come out strong enough. But, my God, the cream of the crop has risen to the top. Coach Saban, Coach Sweeney, they're good football men. And they are showing that they're in another echelon, even COVID times. I mean, hell, Coach Saban got COVID and overcame it in three days. How impressive is that? I mean, mm-hmm. what can we uh, say here? Uh, agreed. Um, Dabo. That's why I think only a cold school could beat them. Yeah, you got Dabo. You got Saban. Hugh Freeze. Uh, they are all compatriots, <laughs> counterparts. Uh, Hugh Freeze immortalized with his thumbs up from the hospital. And that thumb's only gotten higher every year i gotta say it's incredible to me how brave it is for liberty a school that uh, is is has a extreme anti-gay agenda they go by the flames which is so close to flamers no one thought about it it's an incredible thing they've been throwing it around they beat the ever-loving piss out of syracuse yesterday i just don't see anyone taking them down Uh, they played that was a game yesterday i actually watched most of that game uh liberty Liberty, you you take the names off the jerseys and just you know watch the two teams with the names off the jerseys. Liberty was a ten point favorite over Syracuse. That was a horrible line. I mean, they they beat the crap out of Syracuse yesterday. Those those Flamers have been unbelievable uh, all year long. And I gotta say, if you're looking for a Flamer along the east coast you better go down to wherever liberty university is uh to jerry you're gonna find a good flamer there uh i'll say that can we do a can we do a uh byb investigation into where liberty actually is we're gonna send the investigative unit right on that they're still trying to find out if bill snyder is dead it's still unclear they've been at it for years but we're not going to let this investigation go. I promise that to you, the listeners. Uh, we can transition. We, we covered a decent amount of college football. Uh, and now we, we got NFL Sunday coming up. And, and I wanted uh, we're going to try to give you guys some, some winners in the NFL on this pod. Uh, and we're going to go in reverse order, actually, because Prop Ed Pete, he's, you have an NFL winner for us and also uh, a stickball winner. Is that is that so? I, uh, I do. I have a great winner. Don't overthink this one. Lay the three at home, Titans. I'm sure you haven't. Uh, I sure haven't. Lay the three at home. Maybe it's three and a half now, depending. I got it at three earlier. Lay the three and a half at home on the Titans against the Texans. Just remember, the Texans are dog shit. They won one game at home against Jacksonville. It was the classic, you run faster when you take a shit game. They're going on the road against a good team. Don't overthink it. They beat one bad team at home, and suddenly we think they're going to be good. No chance. So... We're laying three and a half on the Titans. I got three, three and a half, whatever. It's going to be a 10-point game. The cream of the crop is the Tennessee Titans when it comes to the AFC South, and they are going to roll. 
I'm gonna. I'll, um, I'll take that. I'll, I'll go on record as saying. I'll go on record as saying this pick is horrific. Um, the Texans have basically staked their players' reputation. The players have staked their reputation on the fact that Bill O'Brien was a train wreck of a head coach, and they can't come out and lay a dud this weekend against their AFC South rivals. They've got to show up. They're going to keep it within this is three. Such, at least. I think they outright. It. I think they outright. Dude, this is Titans su- just such you know. an obvious hmm. trap game. The Titans are coming off a huge win on short rest, going against a, what is still a defending division champion with essentially the same league. roster. The bad team. We, we uh, see Deshaun's- this all the time. We see this all the time. You get the head coaching boost. Capper was hitting at it. You hire an interim coach. All of a sudden, you win a few games. Ro- and then Romeo Cornell is horrible. I'm but sorry. The, <laughs> there we go. But Cornell, you beat a bad Cornell, Jacksonville team that missed two field goals inside of like what thirty-five yards after like intercepting the, the ball field and goals. To the, five. the field goals didn't That's make horrible. a difference. The Texans beat the piss out of that team. Like they looked so much better. The offense. Deshaun Watson threw it for over three hundred and fifty yards. They looked like a different team. You have to acknowledge that. I, I don't have to acknowledge it, and I won't acknowledge it. <laughs> All right, that's fair. All I'll say this is what's that your we're other... talking mobile quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill does it on the daily in practice, and God. the Titans' defense is ready for it. So he does he does it on he does it on the daily and illegal workouts, buddy. Get it right. And what's your other pick? We have Regeneron now. So um, <laughs> real quickly, one last other pick. I'm going to take it to the stick ball before I let the boys finish it out. We're taking Los Bravos. Got about a plus 125 right now. They're going to win game seven. Everyone's going to take the Dodgers. The Braves are going to show up, and uh, they're going to get thumped by the Rays in the World Series. There we go. Hey, hey right. prop bet. Hey, prop bet. Do you think Kershaw comes in tonight? And if so, how bad is it going to be? <laughs> I don't want, don't want to clown on Kershaw. He's a good baseball man, but he's proven the playoffs are <laughs> tough for him. He's a great baseball man. I want to make baseball man. Great baseball man. Let's. It's uh, on the record. Capper, you got a couple of picks for us as well. Uh, you, you're taking. Uh, I, I guess these are. You got one. Are a couple of uh, home dogs, correct? I got. Yeah, I got some spicy ones for the boys. Um, basically, two lines that are in, in just huge overreactions to performances last week or injuries last week. First, we've got the Cowboys plus one at home. Um, versus the Arizona Cardinals. Like that pick. Look, I just, I love Dak Prescott as much as the next guy. Um, I think he is one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL when healthy, at least in terms of importance to his team. But you look at a guy like Andy Dalton, he's been in the league for a long time. He's won a lot of games with bad teams. The Cowboys offense will continue to hum, and I just really don't believe in this Arizona Cardinals team um, I don't think they play well, good enough defense. Um, and I think the book's kind of out on this Cliff Kingsbury offense at the moment. And, you know, I think it's just an easy spot for the Cowboys to get a win here. Um, the other one you're looking at is San Francisco plus three at home versus the Rams Sunday night football. Um, you look at what they did last weekend against Miami. They were horrific. Uh, Miami ran up and down the field on that defense. This score was, it is what it is. It, it it got out of hand at the end of the game. I mean, obviously a team like San Francisco is not in that spot a lot. And so it's easy, I think, to pour on at the end of that, the second half of that game and just basically run away with that game, make San Francisco look horrific. But before the game started, 
last week. San Francisco was actually a favorite in this game in a look-ahead line against the Rams. They were favored by about three points um, at most shops. So um, I think this is a huge overreaction. That's still a great football team. It's still a well-coached team um, with Coach Shanahan out there Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And I think they've got a lot to prove against their division rival, um, St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. And I think um, a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo can do a lot for them, move the football with that rushing offense, and I think their defense will really show up this week just to prove that last week was more of an aberration than you know what the final score indicated. I, I think this is just two, two great spots to get pretty easy. I think they both outright, honestly. I like, I like uh, both these. I like the Cowboys pick a little bit more just because I think – Andy Dalton being in there might ultimately force the Cowboys to become more balanced, which has become one of the biggest issues for their offenses. You have a great line, and you're also a fantastic running back, but sometimes they put it in Dak's hands too much, it seems like. I'm wondering if they run the offense through Zeke, they're ultimately going to have a little more success. Yeah, sure, they're doing great in these 49-48 games, but it's clear their defense is hurt. You need to figure out a way to control the ball, and this might be the only way to like force them to do that. Yeah, and Andy Dalton's a pro, guys. Let's let's be honest. Andy Dalton's pro's done pro. this. Pro's pro's pro. And, you know, all, all the adjectives about good football people apply to Andy Dalton. So many adjectives uh, right I there. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy guy. I think um, the game's kind of passed him by. But this is a talented roster that the Cowboys have. It's a team that was expected to win 9 to 10 games this year. And obviously they're off to a horrible start because of that defense, the way it's playing. But this is a, this is a good spot for them. Kyler, Kyler, well, and DeAndre the defense has been bad, but good. they've turned the ball over so many times in these games. As Coach was alluding to earlier, you can't turn the ball over in, in any football, let alone twenty twenty football. If you're on one of those well fun props, it's hard not to look at like a DeAndre Hopkins two touchdowns plus Arizona Cardinals win for like plus six hundred, right? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Get off prop builder, please. I'm getting God. I'm getting demolished. Please save me from myself. Uh not coach. <laughs> you got a total for us like always. Uh it's in the Rams 49ers. It's 51 and a half. Uh which way are you leaning there, coach? Good question. I actually I actually love the analysis from Capper. I, I do not think the 49ers are going to lay th- what would be three, you know, consecutive eggs when you look back at that Philly game. And you look at the uh, game last week against Miami, who, by the way, Miami's sneaky good for those who are, aren't paying attention. Brian Flores um, doing a killer job there. Doing a, doing a great job. But, but I like the, the read from Capper in that game, and I, I would say that I think along those lines, I think San Francisco is going to get back to running the football. Uh, I do not think they're going to put this game in Garoppolo's hands. The strange thing about the Rams all these years is is you can run on them. I think people think because Aaron Donald's in the middle that you can't run on them. You can run on them. So I think they're going to run the ball. I don't think this Rams offense is nearly as explosive as people think. They have sort of settled into this ball control, 15-play drive you up the field. So I think you know where I'm going here. But you, you add those two together, I think this game goes under. Uh, pride from the 49ers defense, Robert Sala is not going to let this continue. So that's I, my I that's my only question is Goff when he gets set they're a great offense and then you saw last year when the book out was getting pressure on him it, with the 49ers uh, defensive line of course has been decimated by injuries if they can knock Goff off his spot then I think I think of course 49ers roll but if he gets and, and Capra would love this I've seen this line has gone up two points so so it's getting bet up now let's bring it back down it moved from 49 to 51 and a half let's bring it back down 
bring it back yeah, down. Yeah, you love that. Uh, I, I do love that. You're right. Uh, and you know, I got a, I got an NFL pick for you too. I love uh, the other side of, of prop bet. I was, I'm going to be on the Texans plus three and a half. I think that's an obvious winner. Uh, and then the other, the other game I really like this week is uh, Steelers minus three and a half. Uh, I think uh, this is a line that after week one would have been Steelers minus 10. The Browns have feasted on some really average teams after they really got knocked in the teeth by the Ravens, who are the only, I think the Colts are a fine team. They're an average team, but against great teams, the Browns haven't been there. The Steelers are number one in pressure rate and the Browns starting guard is out. Baker hasn't been great under pressure. That's the book on him. Him, Jarvis and Odell were banged up this week and it looks like, uh, the Steelers have a new star in Chase Claypool. Four touchdowns last week. Pride of Abbotsford, BC. Shout out to the newly deceased Canada, Adam. Um, he's the new hotness uh, opposite of Juju. I just think this is a spot where uh, the Browns are the shiny new object. The three and a half looks so tempting because you think of all the stars. Uh, but I just think the Steelers are just a more solid football team. And there's a chance this could they could actually really run this one up, I think. Yeah, hey Capper, what have you thought about Baker Mayfield's play? I, I can't tell. Jerry still out on him? Um, it is for me. I, I'm not completely sold. I think Stefanski's put him in a lot of spots where he can succeed and and makes the game a little easier for him. And so, um, you know, leaning on that running game so much just has been huge for him. I mean, if if he's the guy you're asking to go and win games, I don't know if he can do it. You know, yeah, but I agree. When you couple him with the running game that that they've built there in in Cleveland, I mean that's that's old school football. That's get in the trenches and beat the other guy across the line from you, and they do it every single week. So you know he doesn't have to do too much to win these games. Yeah, so I, agree. I, I just you're looking at a uh, like the Browns. They're off to their best start. I think it's in a quarter of a century, but they're looking for their first. It would be their first victory in Pittsburgh since 2003. Probably that may be their best team since 2003, uh, but I think that goes all the way back to the Kelly Holcomb era, if I'm not mistaken. Um, quite the quite the era. Many moons ago. Uh, but well, that's, that's, one that's, last one last thing I'm watching today is is you're seeing it, and and it's tough for people like me who've done this 20 plus years, but 20 plus the, years. Old guard quarterbacks, the Philip. I mean, Philip Rivers is is pushing unwatchable now. Um, even Big Big Ben, you're seeing, yeah, they're winning. They're four and out. He's got no arm strength left. You know, no juice. Yeah, it's bad. The, it's sad to see. The, the Drew Brees thing is real, guys. He, you know, I know they came back against the Chargers, but I'm not sure I believe in Drew Brees. And then Tom Brady. Uh, let's call it what it is. You know, he has not. You know, I don't think that arm strength is there either. So I think you're seeing I, this new wave of quarterbacks. I got to say, I blame millennials. I blame Gen Z. It makes me uncomfortable. It used to be the same five quarterbacks were good. That was easy to remember. And now they're not good anymore. What's the fucking deal? I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> well, well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know what? This is, I think this is a pretty satisfactory Sunday morning coffee. We're going to try to make this a more regular thing to mix in some NFL talk. In our pod. In the meantime, please follow us at BYBW Podcast on Instagram. Also, uh, join Flick Chat, really fun app. We are on there discussing the games, making predictions. Uh, you just download the Flick Chat app. You search Bang Your Bookie's Wife, all lowercase, in the app, and you will find our group. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get some winners to close out this week. Quick, um, quick thing before we go. We will have a new King of the Hill to start our college football episode next week. Mm-hmm. Um, thank to you get for, in line for thank that. Thank you for your interest. We've gotten great. <laughs> way more interest than I thought. 
to get in line for that, uh, follow us and shoot us a DM. Let us know you want in um, to show your chops. We're ready. Give us the winner, too, you fucking asshole. RIP Canada Adam. Hell of a run. And, and as always, as always, Joe P, Capper, Prop Bet Pete, and, and Rainman is not here. A pleasure to join you guys on this Sunday morning. Pleasure's all on this side of the table, buddy. All set. <laughs>